Thanks for joining us for today's sermon. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working in your life. If the messages of this church have touched you in some way, please share that with us by clicking on the contact tab at lifesc.org to send us an email. And if you would like to give to this ministry, you can do so online to help us bring messages just like this one to you each week. It is our prayer that God blesses you through this message today. John chapter 20 and verse 24. This is, um, this is definitely my life's story. I want to talk to you about the story and the scars. And now I've heard preaching, I've heard teaching. This, I've seen sermons on this. It was a really popular sermon to preach three years ago. I'm not preaching this because I got it off the internet. I want you to know that I'm preaching that, this because God gave it to me. Hello, somebody. And somebody in here needs to heal. And it may seem like a, rare, a very constant message, but we always felt like LifeSpring was going to be a place of healing. So you may hear about it here and there, but I want you to know that if you've come with anything that's left over, residual from, your, from the days of living in the world or anything like that, if you have, if you have any problems or habits or hang-ups, praise God, we all got them. But thank God for the grace of God. But grace is activated by faith. Hello, somebody. So you have to put your faith to it. And the only way you get faith is by hearing the word of God. So we're going to hear the word of God. We're going to let our faith get activated. And that's going to activate the grace of God, which will fall on us. And when I get done, I'd like to ask you to take that pen that's been sitting in that seat where you sat down today. And I'm going to ask you to give the story of your life back to the Lord. If you've taken any area of your life over and you started trying to write the story yourself because you wanted it to come out better. I know some of us are living through difficult things. Things, and we don't necessarily like the longevity of those difficult things. Amen? So I'm just telling you, whenever you get to a point of frustration, it's always easy to take out your own pen and try to start writing out the story of your life. And when we get done today, as preachers always do, ask you to do something and hand you something corny to do it with, we are going to ask you to somehow today find it in your strength to take that pen as a symbol and bring it to the altar with you as a signet that you are going to stop trying to write your life and give it back to the Lord. Is that okay today? All right. All right. Patrick's on board. We've got one. He's the loudest one on board, so that's good. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So let's read the word of the Lord together. John chapter 20, and I'll begin reading at verse number 24. If you're there, say amen. amen. But Thomas. How would you like that start out? Well, everybody's great, but Thomas. One of the 12 called Didymus, I, I would have changed my name to Thomas too, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we have seen the Lord, or we have been with the Lord, one translation says. But he said unto them, except I see, shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. How many know that's a very sincere request? And after eight days, again, the disciples were within, and Thomas, notice it specifically says Thomas, with them. Then came Jesus to the door being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, Thomas, 
he turns and he speaks to the one who has the most doubt. Isn't that an awesome God? Reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side and be not faithless but believe. And Thomas answered and said unto him one of the greatest statements of oneness in the scriptures, my Lord and my God. He said, my Messiah and my Yahweh, my God Almighty. He recognized who God was at that moment when he saw the scars that Jesus had. And Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they who hath not seen and yet believe. Jesus, help us today to be courageous and to be bold and to be willing to share with this world the scars that we incur throughout life. For it is those scars that allows somebody to believe in you, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I had to work a convention this week, and it was kind of interesting because I was next to a booth where they were isolating feeling and sight. And I was getting sermons the whole time they were talking. You know how that happens for a preacher. And... um she was saying, she had these graphics, and she was saying how with the graphic, it isolates sight and tactile onto a onto like a labyrinth where you draw and you follow. And she said, what, what's interesting is she's talked with the neurologist, and whenever your sight is focused on something, and you're touching something and following something, the most dominant sense is hearing. Your hearing like powers up whenever your eyes are focused on something and your touch, your tactile is is isolated to something. And so I was like, okay, this is this is probably not true. So I went over and I started trying it. And sure enough, I started hearing all the voices better around me. And she said, it's interesting that whenever you do that, it turns on that hearing sense. And I love how the scripture says that happily we may feel after him. And if we seek him, he may be found. And if he becomes what we are looking for, I'm interested in knowing when we come to the house of God, are you looking for something from God? Are you feeling after him? Because if you do those things, now this is my sermon talking to me. If you do those things, if you get a sight and a vision for what God can do, and you get a desire to feel after him and, and sense him with a great and mighty power, guess what? Your spiritual hearing will turn on and you'll hear from God. Amen. A lot of the physical things that represent in life are physical, but sometimes they do apply to the spiritual. So I was sitting there having a good time yesterday, just getting all these lessons and sermons. But I noticed that there's a lot of different people at this conference, and they they all are very big brainiacs, doctors, and in master's degrees, and and yet they still have scars on their life. You can see the damages, you can see the troubles, you can see all the things that are not supposed to be there because they're marriage and family counselors, and yet their marriages and families are falling apart. Why is that? Why is it that we can't do and we can't fix even though we know how to do and how to fix? It's because you still need the power of the Holy Ghost to heal you no matter who you are. No matter where you come from, no matter your background, no matter your status, there are going to be scars in all of us for all are wounded, amen? But all of us have the opportunity to heal, and those scars that heal carry with them a story. And that's what I want to talk to you about today. All scars tell a story. Stories 
of wounds suffered. Amen, somebody. Some of them outside, some inside. And our individual scars tell the story of our lives, but there are scars nonetheless that tell a very different story and those scars can be either internal or they can be external you can see them on a daily day basis in somebody's life or they may be completely hidden but there are some other scars that I want to mention this morning at the house of God if I would have your permission very different scars it talks about a story that begins and ends with love hello somebody And God created humanity, and that humanity was in a love relationship with the Creator. And that Creator made them a beautiful place to dwell. But love is a choice. Somebody said amen. And that love to choose Him was changed because we chose to leave that relationship. And it wounded ourselves and it wounded Him because death came of that with that sin. And I know that with death came separation from God. And it was a wound, a deep wound, a deadly wound, except by an unimaginable sacrifice could this wound be changed. But God so loved us that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. He was placed in humanity. He was given the opportunity to be our salvation by immaculate conception. God birthed Himself a body and indwelled in it and took on our scar so that we could be healed and forever changed and never live bound by the struggles of our life ever again. And so I'm so grateful he placed himself into humanity because it's not just a Christmas story. It's not just an Easter story. It's a story that touches my scars every day because had he not died for me, my pain would be useless. My worries and my wounds would be unprofitable but in this day and in this hour and in this moment I rise to tell somebody on a Sunday morning with all the passion that I have in my being that he gave himself for us so that as he suffered the consequences of death and separation from God we can find fellowship again through his scars God made the ultimate sacrifice he died in our place so that we would have a place with him again aren't you glad God forgave you would you slip a hand up and just thank him for forgiving you today for healing wounds that no one else could heal inside and out I'm so thankful that he didn't stay dead. (laughs) I'm so thankful that he didn't go into a ground and just become another religious leader that started some sort of movement. But he got up on the third day and he took up life again. And he was in a magnificently resurrected body. And, And I don't know why, but for some reason... The text tells us that he kept his scars in a glorified body. His wounds were healed. He was 
resurrected, new life, new hope, new joy. Nothing of the past was still there. All that resonated was a resurrection because the cross mattered only because he got up again. And we would have been miserable had it not been for the mercy of God through his sacrifice. But even more miserable we would have been had he not been resurrected. So why is it that he leaves with his glorified body something that attaches and calls to what he had to go through. What he had to do to die for us. Why would a resurrected body have scars? Because there is a story in every scar, in every struggle, there is a story to tell. And if we keep those stories silent by hiding the wounds that have been healed by the Holy Ghost in our life, then there are people who will not find faith in our Lord Jesus Christ because it is the scars, not only His scars, that bring us to a perfect and everlasting relationship, but it is the scars of our daily lives lived out where we expose them and show them to people, I was here but I was found I was down but God brought me up I had wounds that were to death they could have killed me the devil was after me there was things said and it would have taken me out but thanks be to God who gives me the victory over everything and you may not appreciate how rough I look but that scar is healed and I have been made whole except for one reason I can find God knew Thomas and maybe Thomas was the reason why we can celebrate the scars in our life maybe God knew that Thomas was going to need to see those scars I don't know. Maybe it was all planned from the beginning. Maybe when we get to heaven and live eons and eons beyond anything that's eternity. <laughs> because eternity will just be the beginning <laughs> of infamy with him. Amen. <laughs> what, a, what a crazy thought to start. Eternity is just a beginning with him. But the marks of the sacrifices he made, returning us to God, endured. And whenever Thomas spoke of his doubt, Jesus came specifically to show him that I made it out. And if I can conquer death, what can you do with me in you? See, I stopped trying to live to be good enough a long time ago. Because you can't be good enough, but you can have God enough because he's good. And while we might have heard a few things that were a little skewed last week in a sermon, <laughs> thanks be to God. You need the Holy Ghost because it's what allows you to have strength to live for him. It gives you, I lost my train of thought, but anyways, I was thinking of all the different things I wanted to address from that sermon last week. I shouldn't have brought it up because you know me. We are not just called by God 
to live our life healed because healing comes with a responsibility. He wants you to be healed and then to heal others. The same harbor that you had to stop at to weather through storms, you should be willing to walk out and build a lighthouse on the rocks and say, you can stop here if you are like me and you need to weather some storms. Scars can often be storms of life, but you have to realize that you must be willing to be satisfied with sacrifice. Because when God heals you, he's going to call you to a sacrificial life in that area of your life and ask you to be a sacrifice for someone else so that when you show your scars, you can say, I've lived through it. Just as Jesus showed Thomas, I sacrificed myself for you. And so that you might have faith in me, Thomas, because I am now showing you the healing scars from where I came. And so I want you to know that when God deals with us, he often requires a responsibility from us. Is that okay if I preach that today? Because all scars tell a story. And our stories can be painful. I know that. I, I, I come from all kinds of emotional scars. You can't see them. I, I put on a suit real good and and I go to church, and, and, but I've made a lot of sacrifices in life because I have this trauma. I have this stuff that always tries to effervesce to the top. And my wife has to deal with it with me, and thank God she does. She always supports me, and I'm grateful for her. Well, sometimes she tells me that I need to get a swift kick in the pants, but, but she does usually take care of me. Um, but what's interesting, I found that constantly bubbles to the top is this need to be wanted because I spent so much time in abuse when I was young. Abuse is just misuse. And so what happens is I, it, it fosters in you a, a, an understanding and, and a concept of constantly looking for people that are using you. And you're constantly on guard and you're always trying to make sure that nobody's using you or abusing you because you don't want to be um, unwanted. And when someone uses you, you don't feel wanted. Have you ever been there before where you're worried and it's the scars of life that have caused you these emotions that you thought you dealt with? Have you ever had something come up and you thought you dealt with it and it, it's, just, it's not gone? <laughs> there's still an anger there. There's still a frustration there. You know you haven't truly forgiven if you can't talk about it and not get emotional. Sometimes you have to truly work through some things hundreds of times. Because we're human and we attach emotion to memories and it's hurtful sometimes. So we have pain and we have brokenness. And, and I, I got, my wife and I went to general conference and I came home and, and forgive me for the illustration, but my son had done something that I wasn't happy about. And I had to be dad, you know, I, I had to sit him down and I had to have that dad and son talk. And I was looking, trying to figure out the best way to do it. And as soon as he got in the car, I like, <laughs> I couldn't, it's like, I just like, I was like, what's the matter with, and my wife looks at me like, are you going to be okay over there? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm just really upset for some reason. 
And I realized that I was not only dealing with the fact that I was hurt for what he did, but I was hurt because I never had a dad to do what I had to do at that moment. And I'm reliving every single moment the scars that I thought I was healed from. And somehow the wound opens again. And I have to give it all to God again because there's an emotion still attached to that forgiveness that I haven't forgiven. And if you haven't been there, that's all right. But you will get there because life will damage you. You will take shots and you will take wounds. I'm interested oftentimes in, in different kinds of illustrations and I didn't have a very good one, but I, I found one in, an, in a sermon and I was in, I was listening to the sermon. It makes so much sense because all of us have wounds and, and it was talking about the book that was written called Black Hawk Down. They make it, it made it into a movie. It was about a couple of helicopters that went down and they were trying to get out of this place and and the lieutenant turns to one of the men in the in the actual conflict and he said get in the humvee and drive and and the 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 soldier says lieutenant i've been shot and he tur- the lieutenant turns back to the soldier and says we've all been shot i need you to get in the humvee and i need you to drive us out of here and sometimes we all take wounds and sometimes we've all been shot with darts from the enemy hello somebody the the fiery flaming darts of our enemy and he is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy. Don't think he won't use a wound from a friend or from a family or, or God forbid, he'll use a wound from a church or from a pastor. He'll do anything he's got to do to try and destroy you. But I'm thankful that there's some people in this house, come 10, come 20, come 42, show up. They're here and they're like, Pastor, I might be shot, but I'm going to get in the vehicle. I signed up for this army. I'm going to occupy till he comes. I'm going to be a soldier in the army. And if I've got to drive while I'm shot, I will drive. And it's not easy to work while you're wounded. There's an entire organization called the Wounded Soldier, the Wounded Warrior Project. And all they do is find funding and opportunities and and ways to help wounded soldiers. It's interesting that in in the situations of of scars and trauma that that we can even heal and still not be healed. We can can have the physical part healed up. I was sitting across the the lane from a guy getting on an airplane, and and he was sitting there in his his workout shorts, and, um, and he had these huge scars all over his knees. And I was like, oh, man, that looks so painful. And I'm like, ouch (laughs) and he's like yeah but I got the ring and he held up an NFL ring he lost his knees for the victory of being an NFL professional football player and how many scars does this world walk around with for victory so much less than eternal salvation for someone to come to God, lift their hands and surrender their all and have his spirit begin to fill them and have them speak in a language that, that touches them again and again and they can use over and over again as a strength to their own spiritual man, praying in the Holy Ghost, building themselves up. And, uh, you know, I, I can be kind of... Um, I can be kind of insensitive sometimes because I, I can use that whenever I want to in any place I want to and there's people that don't have what we have and they don't understand that if you attack my Holy Ghost you're attacking my comfort you're attacking what healed me you're coming against the God inside of me and I will have a response I'm sorry it may not be a great response and I will pray it's not a fleshly response but when you come against the 
God that is in me. There's something that rises up and says, no, you don't. No, you can't. No, you didn't. You didn't go there because what you are doing is attacking the very thing that made me feel wanted. He came when I couldn't give nothing. He healed me when I had no options. He caught me when no one else cared. All they wanted to do was stand back and watch him fall. Yeah, maybe they'll get up. Yeah, they've been down before. No, no. So, I've gotten so far off my notes, it's not funny. In Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13, I do this, it's okay, it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, no, I get anointed and I just start talking and I get out their ways and then I got to get back off the limb. In verse 16, no, in verse 13, and Jesus came into the coast. I'm trying to deal with three passages of Scripture today, so this will be the second. And when Jesus came into the coasts of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? He's saying, Who's, What are they saying about me? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, others Jeremiah's or one of the prophets he said they're all they're saying all kinds of stuff about you Jesus notice what he asks he wants to know what they think he says but who do you say that I am and Simon Peter answered and said thou art the Christ the son of the living God you are Christ the flesh of the living God they didn't understand a triune God. They didn't know anything about that because it wouldn't be created till 1,300 years later at the Council of Nicaea. All they knew was there was a God and he would have to have a body if he showed up on earth. And so they were saying, you're the flesh of God Almighty. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. Now, I want you to know that when he's talking here, that when Simon says who God is to him, God always returns, and God tells Simon who he is. If you ever take a moment and truly design and figure out who God is to you, he will speak into your life. And that's beautiful that God does that. God has a story, amen, for each one of our scars. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, the revelation that God, Jesus is God, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou say, um, shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bound on earth shall be bound on earth will be bound or loose, whatever you loose on earth should be loosed in heaven. Here's my day. Here's my deal. Whenever Jesus went to um, the Garden of Gethsemane, and he asked that the cup pass from him, it was it was quite interesting to me that he was praying in his humanity, but he was wanting God to change the outcome. If there was another way, please make it happen. In Matthew 26, verse 39, when we're dealing with 
this topic of being satisfied with sacrifice, I want you to know that the scripture that I referenced previously is a place where God called and said to Peter what he's going to do. But there's another place in scripture where they were talking about what they're going to do with God. And God said, Jesus said, I've got to go into Jerusalem and I've got to die. They're going to take me and they're going to kill me. And he was like, that's not true. He didn't receive his words. They were unwelcome words. He said, I'm going to die. And what I find so interesting about is then he goes, get thee behind me, Peter, Satan. Get thee behind me, Satan. And he's talking to Peter. So Peter goes from keys to the kingdom, or previously he, he goes from the point where where he's actually given the opportunity to speak to a moment where he calls him Satan. Kind of harsh, don't you think? I think so, but what he was actually saying, if you look at various translations, is you are desiring things of men, not of God's kingdom. You want to build tabernacles and put things on this earth. And I I didn't come to set you free from the Roman Empire. I came to set the world free from sin. My scars are not just for this geographical location. They're for eternity and all who have lived and died. And so for that, I'm grateful for his scars continue to tell the story. And, and so I see him struggling here in the Garden of Gethsemane in verse 39. He said, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible that the cup pass from me, nevertheless, not I, not as I will, but as thou will. And he cometh unto the disciples and finding findeth them asleep, he saith, do you think they would be sleeping if they knew what was coming? Isn't it funny how we can sometimes be so unaware and saith unto Peter, what could you not watch with me one hour? He's like, just one hour. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation and the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And he went away again a second time and prayed, oh my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, Thy will be done. And he surrendered his human will to the will of the eternal spirit of God that had called him to sacrifice his flesh on a cross. That's why he was here. But it didn't mean he didn't struggle with it. And I want you to know that the struggle that Peter was having when he said, no, you're not going to die, Jesus. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, is the same kind of struggle that God, that Jesus Christ had to have in his flesh where he gave up that cup, he took that cup of suffering, that cup of sin, that he was going to be our propitiation. He was going to be our sacrifice. He had to be satisfied with sacrifice in his flesh as a man. Just as sometimes we have to understand that just as Peter said, I'm not okay with you dying. I'm not okay with you sacrificing your life. Jesus. I'm not okay with that. And Jesus saying, get thee behind me, Satan, because there is a sacrifice that must take place so that we can preach on on this day that scars can be healed. And, and it's not just about his word. It's about the fact that there is some things that are so uncomfortable that we literally have 
to say, God, I will do it if it's your will. How many have ever had something that left a bad taste in your mouth and you know you had to just struggle through it? There was no other way to get through it, but you, you, you did it anyways. And, and I want you to know that I'm grateful for every single one of you who have helped in the planting of this church. I appreciate you. You need to hear that from me. I appreciate you and I love you because somewhere in your life, you have some scars in you that gave you strength to get through a difficult time. And when things get difficult here, you find strength from those previous scars because if he left you, if he would have left you then, then you wouldn't have the strength for now. But because he didn't leave you then, you have strength for now. And the story of what you've been through says that I can go through this as well. And I want you to know that as a pastor, I appreciate the satisfaction that we have to sacrifice. And there are some things that are going to cause wounds and scars, but those things are what plants a church and gives people the opportunity to see him the way they've never seen him before. There are going to be Thomases that walk through the back door of our church. There are going to be people that have absolutely no faith that there is a God. And if you have been strong enough to let the Holy Ghost heal your wounds in life, you will be a ministering agent to somebody who have who should have never made it to God. You will be the book, the gospel that they read because They'll see the death, burial, and resurrection working in your life. They will see God Almighty having himself inside you and directing you and guiding you. But you have to be willing to be satisfied with sacrifice. And it's not easy. Jesus was. All are wounded. Amen. The only difference is. Jesus showed his scars, and we hide ours. We have, we have healing centers for wounds. You know, it's interesting. Nate could probably tell us about this. There's ways that you heal a wound. You have to dress it. You have to tend to it regularly. But also, the best way to heal a wound is to leave it exposed and let the air dry it out. And so... I want to tell you today, if you have wounds, you need to leave it exposed to the Holy Ghost because that's the best way to heal. If you have trouble or struggle or, or any kind of trauma in your life, the best thing you can do is not harbor it and heal, try to heal on the inside, but literally get someplace and, and share it with somebody and let them help you get it exposed to the Holy Ghost. The Bible says if we confess our sins with our mouth, he is faithful and just to forgive us. There is some sort of an expression of showing. And the wound, the problem is, I think, in the church today is that we have so many that are healed, are wounded on the inside, that it's affecting our ability to truly be great worshipers. It's affecting our ability to wonder after God. And because we do that, we have a struggle with our witness, and we have a struggle staying in the war. Because there is no downtime. Our enemy does not fight fair. He doesn't take a day off. We don't get to go on furlough or leave. There's no such thing in this army. And it's a two-edged sword because we get the privileges and the benefits of having God in us and walking with us every day. But we also get the other side of the sword where we are enlisted and we must constantly fight the war for the Lord. Amen. And so the scripture says endure 
hardship as a good soldier. And so I can cannot even tell you how many times that God has healed a wound in me and it's created more wonder for him. And that wonder affects my worship. It affects the way I look at him. It affects the way I approach him and it affects the way I share him to the world. Jesus did not hide his scars. I, I don't know if you're good with sacrifice. Some people are not. Some people are not very good at it. Some people are not very good at um, giving for others. But if Jesus was willing to come back and talk to Thomas just to take care of his faith, I think that he'd be willing to help us learn how to give ourselves better and learn how to sacrifice when we need to. No, it's not easy. I know that. But I can tell you that God will help you do it. How many have been healed by the Lord before? You know he heals. Regardless of whether there's anything in this room that has not been healed, he can still heal it. The lack of healing does not mean that he's not a healer. And, and whenever we understand that just because someone is sick, it doesn't make God any less than what he is. It only helps us to realize that we are in a fallen world. And we deal with these things. But when God does heal, when we do believe him for greater and God answers, and he will, then we can truly stand and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. This, my friend, is one big wound treatment book right here. And this is a wound treatment center. This is not just a, a weekly thing. This is what happens to us every single week. We have to come in here and let God touch us. They build millions and millions of dollars. They put millions and millions of dollars into what's called wound treatment centers. And when people have deep wounds, they often have trouble with them healing upright. And there are some wounds that simply will not heal. And they have what's called wound treatment centers. And they, they raise money and they they. They build these facilities that are millions and millions of dollars to build, all just for the specific purpose of healing a wound. And if the world knows that it's that important, how much more should the church? And I thank you for every sacrifice you make, but there's more sacrifices to be made. There's more need to be found. There's going to be people who come into this place and we have to be the ones that help them heal. And I want you to know that I will be the one that will stand up and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. That he is able, when the enemy comes in like a flood, that his spirit can raise a standard up against it. I still believe that the scars that I have gone through, that I've, that I've allowed to heal in my life, those scars are because I listened to this book and I trusted in his promises and I stayed a hold of when everyone else was letting go. I clung to the promises of God and there is no other way I can claim it and no other way I can say it but that you must realize 
realize that whenever you hold on to his promises and you let him heal your heart, you begin to have a wonder in your worship where you can't stand still. Whenever they begin to sing a song or the notes begin to play, it's not even whether they're on key. It's just the fact that I have another opportunity to worship the God of whom I wonder after. And it creates a fear of God in you. And you have a respect for him. And you will not do the things he does not like. And you will do the things that he loves. And you will realize that your worship will change and you'll bring a sacrifice of praise because God wants us to stay in the war. And we will sit on the sidelines if we're wounded. I don't know how hard it is to sacrifice for you, but I've grown up sacrificing. So I know what it's like. I I remember a couple that 50-year-old, you can stand with me, I'm done. 50-year-old man went in to get a doctor's checkup and he wanted to make sure he was clear and that everything was good and he was healthy and doctor did all the blood work, did everything and I'm just lightening the mood a little bit because I think you who have sacrificed know what it's like to struggle through sacrifice. I don't have to beat this dead horse. And so he goes to the hospital and for the checkup and his wife goes with him and the doctor does all the blood work and everything and then takes his wife off to the side in another room and, and says, um, the diagnosis is difficult. And I wanted to tell you before we go in and tell your husband you're going to need to help him to get healthy or, or else he's going to die. And she's like, well, what do I need to do? And he's like, well, you need to get up every morning and fix him a hot breakfast <laughs> with eggs and bacon and pancakes and sausage and make him a great meal. And then he's going to need to come home for lunch and you're going to need him to make him a great lunch every single day. Make him a great lunch. And then for dinner, you need to have steak and potatoes and, and the whole fixings and everything out on the table. And then, oh, by the way, and his immune system will be a little bit down. So you need to keep the house spotless clean and you need to make sure that everything's taken care of and try to keep his heart rate down. So make sure his chair is ready when he gets home and that there's magazines for him to see and uh, everything's all in order and in place. And he said, do all of that and your husband will live and so she walks back into the clinic room where her husband's at and she's crying and he goes oh no this is bad the diagnosis must have been very bad and he said well what, what was it honey and she said honey it's bad the doctor says you're gonna die <laughs> she was not willing to do all of that sacrificing that's how we approach God sometimes isn't it Tanya isn't it Patrick Sometimes we approach God and we're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. It's too much. It's taking too much out of me. It's, it's taking too much energy. It took longer than I thought it would take to get where I am right now. I want you to know that you're not the only one. There are others, not only in your situation and been through your struggles and trials, but there are others that have been through much worse. And they healed by the help of the Holy Ghost. And you're responsible to make yourself exposed to Him so that you can heal as well. Don't hide it. Don't store it up. I know Halloween's coming and everybody's shoving skeletons in closets. Well, they get them all out during this time. But we are building so many skeletons, sometimes we don't have enough closet space. And I want you to know that there is no way, there is no way that you can be holy 
without the Holy Ghost in you. We are, our righteousness is as filthy rags. And, and whenever God fills us with the Holy Ghost, His holiness works in us. And that's what's most important is for the working of God in us. And then we become greater witnesses, amen? Because we're like, here's what happened to me. I've got a scar on my thumb right here from using a knife when I was about six years old. I didn't know how to use a knife properly. I was whittling on a piece of wood and I was cutting toward myself and I jammed it into my thumb. And that scar's still there today. Uh, you think? <laughs> but yet, even though I should have been able to be taught not to cut toward yourself, no one ever taught me that. But that scar taught me that. And so there are some things that I can't teach you. There are some struggles you're going to go through because you just, somehow the instruction won't sink. And you know what? God allows for that because there's something called grace. But from the scar comes a story. And every scar is meant to be used for his glory. Would you bow your head with me, Jesus? I thank you for this day. I've tried to present what you brought me to in a very real and tangible way. God, I'm asking you today that you would touch somebody's faith in this room. That you'd let them understand that being full of the Holy Ghost means that they have the opportunity to heal from any wound. They don't have to be killed by our enemy who is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There's no way that they can be taken out because they have a power that regenerates them from the inside. And Lord, I'm asking you to heal any bruised spirits in this place. Anyone who has tried to be satisfied with sacrifice for so long that they're feeling an urge to step out in a place where maybe it's ahead of you. God, I'm asking you right now to minister to the deep places because the scriptures tells us a wounded spirit is impossible to handle, but you can touch us, God. So today, if there's anything that we're reaching for more than we're reaching for you, I'm asking you to realign our priorities, realign our desires. And so you have near you a pen today. And I'm going to ask you this question. Have you allowed yourself to begin to write a story? Because of the suffering, maybe because of the, the times that you wished you had something different or, or maybe just because you wanted a different outcome. You didn't like where you were at the moment. You don't like where you are maybe right now. But if you would allow me today to encourage you to pray. You can take your pen and you can write your story. But every wound that you encounter may not be profitable in your life because of the fact that you're writing your own story. But if you surrender the pen of your life to the one who's the author and the finisher of our faith, 
He will write your story in a way that makes all things work together for good. And so every single wound that you heal up from, whether through willpower or through the ability to just keep on pushing, God will take this pin of your life and he will orchestrate everything as he writes it. And everyone will look back and say, only God could have wrote that story. Only he could have authored something so beautiful. And every scar will mean something in your life, but only if you give him the pen. Would you bow your head with me, Jesus? There may be somebody in this room today that I feel has taken the pen out of your hand. And Lord God, they began to write chapters and they began to write segments of their life. And for some reason, the story went sideways and they weren't planning on it going that way. They thought they were, it's going to turn out differently, but it didn't. And maybe there's some damage in the story of life for them. But Lord God, the wounds can heal and you can make it all better. And so I'm asking you today, this very moment, second in this day, right now, that you would turn, Lord God, the change, make the change that's needed for us to give you our story back because we can't write it as good as you. We can't do it as good as you, God. And we will have wounds that seem meaningless if we don't give you that pen back. So I ask you today, would you come to this altar and would you bring that pen and would you lay it, maybe kneel and lay it before you? Would you be willing to surrender the story no matter how much sacrifice is going to be asked of you, no matter how much is given to you, you will be responsible, but you will need to give him your story. Today I'm asking Jesus right in our hearts, right upon our hearts, something that heals the wounds, something that changes us forever.